This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Nimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, Tarek Fatah speaks religion and freedom of speech. Now let's join Moses as he introduces Tarek to the stage. So I've often thought that our next speaker is one of the bravest men alive because he continues to mock and to criticize and to take on zealots of his own religion who kill. In that sense, I think he's fearless. He's going to address today's subject, but from his particular point of view. Tarek? It's great to see you here. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, I was trying to imagine how would one of the Khalifas or the Bin Ladens or the ISIS guys or whoever it is sitting in their cave or watching this live. Yeah. <laughs> they would be saying, look at these idiots. We're out to get them and they're worried about Oh, is the typewriter going to harm me? Oh, it goes clickety-clack, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Will God be offended? You were being exploited when Oliver Twist was written. The same goddamn capitalists were, had nothing left with you at the time when the British colonial empire was ruling the world, the British people were at the lowest ebb of the living standards. Had it not been for the Fabian Socialists and Karl Marx, you wouldn't have had an eight-hour day. It's unbelievable. Wake up, people. So I'll give you a story and ask you a very simple question. Is this a news item that should have been published or is it an item that didn't deserve to be published? The Superior Court of... Canada gave a decision about one of the most blatant, obvious crimes committed in our city. 18 kilograms of gold taken away from a bankrupt company's account. 
The bars were exchanged in a nighttime parking lot, shifted from one car to another car. The business manager of this group that was receiving the two million worth of gold bars disappeared. Where did he go? He took a flight to Cairo. His name is Adam. He could be holy, you know. So, Adam gone. And one mullah from the UAE, a convert to Islam, gave this lecture to the superior court judge in an Ontario superior court, which he called a steep learning curve in Islamic Sharia. Everyone went to the judgment day, reporters, correspondents, radio people, TV people, everyone. Surprisingly, the judge said she had a great steeping, steep learning curve about Sharia law, and she understands that Muslims actually like gold. Hallelujah! The Chinese, the Jews, the white Anglo-Saxons, nobody loves gold. It's we, we love gold. What she got it wrong was that Muslim men are not supposed to have gold. I'm not allowed to wear gold or silk or anything, but that's besides the point. My question to you is that the next day, should this have been in the news? Yes or no? Well, thank God for you because most of the intelligentsia in this country says, no, Mr. Fatah, you're just a hate monger. This news never appeared in the Toronto Star, Globe and Mail, National Post, including my own Toronto Sun. Nowhere. You know why? The reporters were scared. Because who wants to be an Islamophobe in this day and age? We're all scared. Who wants to be a racist? No one. So no one reported it. Not a single paper reported it. And what, guess what happened after the decision? The guy who was let free, declared not guilty, writes to the judge, the justice, in an email saying, thank you for declaring me not guilty now, could you, Madam Justice, provide me a room in the Ontario Superior Court to have a mosque? And the Superior Court Justice, who, by the way, is so enamored by this steep learning curve that her entire decision was based not on Canadian law, but application of Sharia law within Canadian law. So now we're going to have, I, I don't know why the Catholics don't want Catholic law. What's happened to the good Catholics? <laughs> Nothing, believe me, 300 Catholics died in Colombo, and Canada was mourning who? The 50 who died in Christchurch. Same week, same week. Let me not digress, but coming back to it. The Superior Court judge tells the guy who got away free, don't worry, I'll get back to you. We'll do something. <laughs> My religion is curtailing the freedom of the press in Canada, and I don't give a damn about the United States or anywhere else. This is where I came 30 years ago to breathe free, to live, to not fear the death of my family. The best of all worlds was this country. And to know in this country, no reporter, no editor, 
has the guts to stand up and say, no opinion, I'm not talking opinion. This is what happened. They dare not. Eight years ago when I came here, I talked about how the Soviet Union, the Red Army, destroyed the Wehrmacht in the Battle of Kharkov, 24,000 tanks fought out. And I think eight years ago, it was 10 years after 9-11, we could not find a guy in the cave. We were talking about Al-Qaeda. Since then, we have ISIS. Supposedly, we defeated ISIS, but we have no prisoners of war. And we're comfortable with that. We're comfortable with that. No one should ever be told that God determined what's going to happen. Then let's not have this conference here. Let's say, I think, since God determines everything, God will determine what happens to the internet. We don't need professors to tell us anything. We want to be diverse. There are newsrooms that have blacklisted, that have people listed on the no-fly list, like the TVO has a no-fly list, where Muslims who are not ugly enough to be considered authentic Muslims cannot appear. So for me to be recognized as Muslim, I have to have a mustacheless beard. I have to have a guttural accent. I have to wear a certain type of attire, and then they say, oh my God, we get ourselves a diversity person. Oh, so nice to have diverse. Coming up after the break. I spent time in prison. I've seen friends die, being hanged, being whipped. Then to come here to listen to the gobbledygook about the diversity. The reality for people like me or my daughter or my brothers and sisters is death. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Tarek Fata speak about religion and freedom of speech. Let me give you another instance. A guy who had admired the People's Republic of China as his model goes to a mosque and kills 50 Muslims in Christchurch. The same week, the same few days apart, an ISIS fellow, an entire, about 20 people go to every Catholic church in Colombo and slaughter 300 Catholics. What news do you think appeared prominent in Toronto? Okay, so when a radical Islamic group slaughters 300 Catholics, the Canadian press prints about Christchurch. Then our dandy prime minister meets up with the dandy president of France in Paris, and they sign a document called the Christchurch document. They could have called it the Christchurch Colombo document. They didn't, because everyone had to go back and fight for their votes. Now we have tribes that make sure that in a great city of Brampton, every liberal is a Sikh and every conservative is a Hindu. This is what you've created. Every liberal MP is a Sikh, every conservative fighting against him is a Hindu. And the rest of the population says, we can't win the nomination meetings. And Mrs. Saga is a predominantly Islamic 
Muslim Brotherhood networks completely oblivious where mayors come, city councillors come, and pose with anyone, including Mr. Edward, uh, uh, what's his name, the Conservative Party leader's name? Shia, no, no, not Shia, Sharia is his name. He, he took away the nomination meeting of a professor, Salim Mansour, because Professor Salim Mansour doesn't fit his form of what is a Muslim professor. Salim Mansour started as a cab driver in Toronto 40 years ago, retired as a professor in University of Western Ontario, wants to run as a conservative. They said, no, if we allow you to run, we will be considered Islamophobic. You've read the news? I don't suppose so. Journalists can't print this news. They don't want to be Islamophobic. So who's stopping this news? Who is determining that Charlie Hebdo can't be mentioned in this country? Who is saying, we were at a time when Salman Rushdie was received by Premier Bob Ray, despite a death threat. And Premier Ray said to Salman Rushdie, they want to shoot me, they do, but I will honor you as a great writer, despite the fact that the mullahs around the world are killing anyone who supports you. Today you think, I can't even go to the NDP conventions, even though I'm a card-carrying New Democratic Party member, I'm a Marxist. I can't be acceptable to anyone, neither could friends like columnist Farzana Hassan, or Asra Numani, or anyone of these people who are the real victims of Islamofascism, and who are cheering the Quebec ban on hijab, etc., burqa. But you won't read that in the newspaper. Most Muslims in Quebec hailed the decision. The newspapers went out and said, nah, they don't look like Muslims. Who? The deputy speaker of the Quebec National Assembly, Fatma Huda Pepin, a Muslim. She left the Liberal Party because her colleagues said they really love to see women in Shador sitting next to them in Parliament. It's so diverse. She left the Liberal Party. She left politics. She condemned it. The North African Muslim organization, the French-speaking Muslims in, in Quebec, hailed the decision. You pick up the Toronto Star, Globe and Mail, National Post, what do you find? Muslims are upset. For goodness sake, what you are discussing is academic over here. The reality for people like me or my daughter or my brothers and sisters, millions of them, is death. Do you recall the Darfur genocide in 2005? Half a million black Muslims slaughtered by the Arab Janjaweed? Do you recall the three million dead in Bangladesh slaughtered by the Pakistan army because they were not Muslim enough? Do you know what is happening in honor killings in Pakistan, Iran, Turkey, in Saudi Arabia? That one brave woman in Sherbrooke, Quebec, in South Heather, symbol of what is a good Muslim, 
Her husband is in jail for the last seven years. How can we tolerate this? And no newspaper reports it. She doesn't count because she doesn't look like a Muslim. You got to look like a Muslim, you know. Otherwise, you riffraff. She's fighting alone with three of her kids. Ran away from Saudi Arabia. Found refuge over here. Thank goodness for the people of Quebec who embraced her. I think if she had come to Ontario, people would have said, ah, you remember the Saudi girl who came here two months ago? We raised money for her. As soon as she landed over here, she disappeared. You don't remember the one who went to Bangkok, then got to South Korea? Three of us raised $10,000, got her here, presented the money, and then boom, disappeared. No sight of her. Her name was Rahaf, if you recall. The newspapers will not print anything about her. And that is why when somebody lectures me about the diversity and about what is the real Muslim brotherhood, oh, you don't know there are many variations. Don't tell me. I spent time in prison twice as a 17-year-old. I've seen friends die, being hanged, being whipped. And then to come here to listen to the gobbledygook about freedom of the press? I started journalism when if you could type five, with five fingers, you were fired. No reporter was hired if they could type with somebody else's text. You had to be a two-finger typer to be recruited. If you went to a journalism school, you were never given a job. You could get, enter into a public relations company, as do most Ryerson graduates go, but you cannot give a comment till you've done two decades of reporting. Today, you do commentary on television, and then you suddenly become a journalistic expert. I wish medicine was that easy. <laughs> you know, just go on TV, you know, I'm all, okay, cancer solved. Why? I appeared on television, CBC. I'm commenting on journalism, but you've never been a journalist. Of course I'm a journalist, I comment on journalism. <laughs> Fact and comment are two different things. You want journalism in this country? You will have to stop talking about diversity of the newsrooms. Quality has to count, integrity, honesty. If you have an opinion, you can't be a reporter. Because you do not have the capacity, it takes a lot of strength to be objective. To be objective, to distance yourself from your opinion and report the facts. People are not doing that. Editors want reporters to have an opinion. Just tune into CNN, the garbage that comes out from there. Then you say why people are getting the news from social media, hallelujah, let them get it. So please, next time you meet a journalist, take a cake and slam it into his face because that's what he deserves. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, well, as you can see, Tarek has mellowed with age. Yeah. Thank you. Let's take I'm a picture. A oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Good. Here we go, Tarek. Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. 
Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year. And find hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or youtube.com slash ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.